Star Wars fun for everyone, especially me. I like the sound of that. Hey, welcome to Star Wars fun for everyone, especially me. I am your host, Tom Sutton. What a day. Oh, what a day. It's uh, and or day. Uh, I'm super pumped, super overexcited. This has um, been like the best Star Wars day in quite a long time for me, man. Oh, oh. all right. This is how we're going to do it. Um, obviously, I watched all three episodes. Um, I, I really want to watch them again right now. So what we're going to do is I'm going to give my overall reaction to the show. And then I am going to watch an episode, get back to you. Have some thought, uh, give some thoughts on it. Watch the next episode, lay down some thoughts. Basically, um, because, like, I mean, it's three episodes, it's two hours of Star Wars, man. Um, like, there's a, I could just, uh, you know, do an overall reaction, but with all that, I, I know there's gonna be heaps of stuff that I will forget and miss out on. So, um, Hopefully this will be the best of both world, both worlds. Whoo! All right. Um, I mean, the trailers for this show, every one of them got me super pumped. I have been extremely excited for this um, from day one. From the like, from the from the day it was announced. Actually, I just remember going, "This is a cool idea." And I could see that they were not just going to be. Like, it wasn't just going to be Cassian wandering around the whole show by himself that this was it was a it's an andor show but it's also a birth of the rebellion show and it just had like massive um potential and then the the trailers just stoked the fire even higher man like the all killer trailers um but a few days ago, I was um, talking to a student of mine who's also a big Star Wars guy, um, and I was saying to him, "Do you think I've, uh, I'm putting too much pressure on this show? Like, have I set my expectations a bit too high? Like, I'm almost—it's almost like this show is going to change my life, <laughs> you know? Um, but that's how I felt about it. That's." That's how it seemed so far to me. Um, I needn't have worried because this was a straight 10 out of 10 home run for me. What a su surprise the whole thing was. Like, it's so different. It's so different from um, other Star Wars. But I never once was like, this ain't Star Wars. Like, I just... It was different but it was like a corner of the star wars uh, galaxy that i just hadn't seen before in a way um so uh bravo like i mean people were saying like this is this, this thing of having tony gilroy who is not a big star wars fan being a sh writer you know head writer and showrunner on a star wars show this could be a genius move you know because um he's not going to get um just, uh, what's the word, like petrified and frozen by um, the weight of expectation or he's not going to, 
because uh, there have been stuff in in um, all three of the other live action Star Wars shows so far that was a little bit like, well, it's this thing that you already love, so look at it and be entertained. <laughs> um, a guy who is not that big of a Star Wars fan ain't going to build a show around those moments because he himself isn't going to get excited about it. Um, to me, that that looks it looks like that was absolutely a, a fantastic choice because it's so fresh, fantastic. I mean, I love the way the show opens. That whole opening sequence was. Uh, with uh, Cassian looking for a sister was killer. Visually, the show, I mean, I said it, man. Like, those, um, the trailers looked, like, to me, the trailers suggested that this was going to be by far the best-looking Star Wars TV show so far. But, of course, trailers can pick and choose shots. But, again, man, it was... um, the trailers weren't lying. It, it it just looks incredible. Like the whole show looks amazing. The characters are cool. Like this guy, uh, Cyril something or other. What a great idea. This kind of like uniform loving, like boot polisher, <laughs> you know, um, who's like hungry to get out there and, Give the 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 no goods out there what's coming to him, and then once he's actually out there in the field and confronted with a how fucking difficult it is <laughs> to deal with this stuff, and b like how confronting it is when the violence kicks off, just to see his quite delicate worldview crumbling around him like that it's fan- that was fantastic i love bix she was cool great like really um great presence on screen uh, uh what was her name adriana ariona i think and her like misguided boyfriend fantastic loved it the um that's ah oh, that corporate um Security police or whatever. That sec- kind of second-in-command guy the, the, with the Scottish accent with the amazing sideburns. That guy just was kicking goals in every scene he was in. That conversation between him and uh, Cyril where he's just like talking Cyril's language and he's just like, we can't, you know, people are just willing to let all this stuff happen and... They're not willing to do something about it. And that conversation was fantastic. Um, B2EMO or B2EMO or Betweemo or... They're just calling him B at the moment, it seems. Great. His mum, Marva, fantastic. Just incredible. Um and the flashback sequences, probably the flashback sequences, like my least favorite part of it, but still um, really contributing in a great way to the overall show. Um, yeah. 
and the whole thing just builds incredibly well into this um, just crescendo at the end of the third episode, which was extremely cool and extremely satisfying. Um, let's do it. I'm ready to rewatch this. I'm going to jump in on episode one and then I will be back to give some more detailed thoughts on that episode. Here we go. Well, yeah, loved it again on second watch this first episode. Fantastic. So this opening sequence where he goes to this uh, corporate alliance, whatever, corporate alliance world. I can't remember the name of it. Um, I'm not the only one who thought this, but wow, it had a like real Blade Runner vibes. And um, A, I love Blade Runner, so that's awesome. Um, but, you know, um, it's just been confirmed that a Blade Runner TV series is um, going ahead. It's called Blade Runner 2099. Um, of course, I'm pumped about that because uh, Blade Runner is one of my favorite things. Um, and I guess the one... Um, what would you say, reservation I kind of had was that one of the, you know, one of the um, calling cards of the Blade Runner films is how good they look. And TV, of course, is a bit limited in some ways. Um, but man, if it looks something like this, I'll be into it. I just like it. Um, it, it was beautifully paced, beautifully put together. The woman that he talks to in the bar, like that hair was sick. The two um, sentry guard dickheads, they were like so perfect. Like the um, the casting, whoever did, did the casting for the show, like salute. You just knocked it out the park. Um, yeah, those guys were perfect. And um, yeah, so I love the colors of it. I love... Um, those lamps along that bridge thing that you see him walking uh, walking down to get into the town. Um, and then um, this, yeah, where when they... I love how, um, like, he leaves the, uh, the bar and um, they... You, you hear him approaching him from behind and they, they tell him to stop and it... It just stays right on um, on Cassian's face. And as they are like getting closer to him, it just hangs on Cassian's face. And it's such a good decision. Like it's so well directed. Oh, it just fantastic. And then when um, when when the shit really goes down and it's just like the pouring rain, you've got these amazing shadows, this um the one guy, uh, the you know, sentry guy with the moustache, fantastic performance from him. Um, absolutely, like, wonderful. And you can just, like, you can really kind of uh, sympathize with uh, Cassian's situation there. Like, well, really hard decision. What was he supposed to do? But, uh, man, fantastic. That uh, leads us to the introduction of B2 Emo and... Ooh, it's a cute scene. The music in this scene is super nice. Um, I think, uh, like, 
when I think of great, oops, when we think of great Star Wars music, sometimes it's um, grand or epic, emotional. Um, but I really like it when Star Wars music is whimsical. Um, something like Ray's theme, for example. And um, when you see uh, B. B2 in the kind of dawn light coming through uh, this city. It's the city called Ferex or is the planet called Ferex? I'm a bit confused about that. But anyway. And you see the uh, the hounds coming through uh, down the street towards him. And it's those hounds from Solo, which are a great design. Great to see them come back. There's that li- the little gag of uh, one of the, the hounds <laughs> pissing on him. <laughs> like... It is like a quite serious show, like show compared to um, you know Star Wars as we know it. Um, but there, in each of the episodes, there were a few really well timed gags, and that was one of them. Um, this droid is awesome. The design is awesome. The way he moves is awesome. The voice didn't totally knock it out the park for me at first, uh, but it, it's grown on me. Um, Fantastic! You see him coming through the, you know, the uh, the scrapyards to where I guess Cassian has a bit of a um, secret hidey hole away from home. Fantastic! I like the idea that uh, B two has to expend extra energy in order to um, lie, <laughs> you know, because we've got, um, I, you know, you have, um, I think that's alluded to sometimes where droids, uh, you know, are programmed not to be able to lie. Um, yeah, that leads us into our first flashback. Um, what's the name of this planet? Ke- it's, there's so many new characters and planets and stuff that um, it's going to take a while to uh, memorize it all. But yeah, you see um, a bunch of kind of kids living in a kind of um, pretty, you know, like... Uh, ramshackle way out in the forest a bunch of lean-tos just uh tied onto trees and um on second watch it occurred to me um because it is revealed later but spoilers by the way i didn't say this but like if you haven't seen it and you don't want spoilers you should not be listening to this podcast Uh um but um it's a bunch of kids living together there's no adults there and um i think that What's happened here is that um, probably all the adults have been taken into slavery to work in this gigantic mine or quarry that we see later on. Um, So that's very sad that you've got all these kids having to fend for themselves um, after their parents have been taken away, I'm guessing. And you see um, some kind of spacecraft fly through the sky and crash it's just a it's a really nice scene the kids are like kind of like cool they're cute you know um i like the reaction as you hear the kind of the uh, the boom of the 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 crash landing echo through the valley or you know it's 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 really great um we've got more yeah cassian and b2 um yeah now, I mean, there's so many shots that are just like like artistic 
And um, when he goes to visit his friend who is some kind of scrapper, I guess, and you see this wall of gloves and it's like, whether this was Star Wars or not, this would be like a, a very beautiful um, shot. It's just like the uh, the colors are fantastic. It's just such a cool idea that um, all these guys work in this uh, kind of dirty and probably pretty you know dangerous <laughs> jobs. They all have their like um, heavy gloves hanging up. I like this uh, circular door that opens. It's really cool. He asks his uh, friend to uh, lie for him because now he knows after what happened that there will be people coming and looking for him. This guy's performance was awesome. I have to say like um, a large percentage of the cast are British and Scottish actors and they are all awesome. They're all just like nailing it. I mean... The, there's plenty of characters where you just go like, they didn't have to go this hard, but they did. And um, it's really selling selling the show, selling this uh, whole... Um, yeah, it's this is the thing, like some of the other Star Wars TV series, like I've had to kind of put effort into being swept away, <laughs> you know, um, but this show just... It's just effortless. It just feels like that Star Wars magic is there. Um, that takes us to this next sequence, which is on Morlana 1, which is where the corporate security headquarters are. I happen to have it um, paused there so I can see that. Um, these cool kind of... Um, almost looks like Rubik's Cubes with the... or, or a Rubik's Cube type of puzzles shape to the, uh, to the buildings... Fantastic scene with Cyril and his uh, superior. Again, British actor that he, that Cyril is working with, and just his sense of timing and his like this kind of like kind of bored like just don't don't make my day any more complicated than it needs to be, buddy. Like kind of vibe is so good. Um, I love this idea. I mean, this thing about he noticed like Cyril, have you done something with your uniform? And Cyril has done that. He really is like, I want to look crisp. I really take pride in this job. This job is everything to me, this kind of vibe. And he's like, man, but you get the idea that for a lot, a large percentage of this security team, it, it's just a job and they just, you know, want to make life as easy as possible for themselves. Um, so this guy, yeah, great moustache, great vibe, office looks awesome, production design, killer, loved it, love this idea where he's like, these two idiots, it, it's probably their own fault, so just make up some story, I don't, you don't even need to um, investigate their murders, it's um, not worth the effort, um, yeah, great. And that leads us to, yeah, so uh, Cassian goes to see Bix, who's his uh, kind of partner in crime when it comes to uh, smuggling imperial goods and stuff. Um, she's awesome. Fantastic. Like, again, killer actor. Um, extremely good looking, which doesn't hurt. Um, yeah, that's a great uh, little uh, interaction there. Um, yeah, he's trying to get her to bring this contact of hers in 
especially so uh, and andor has been um, holding on to this particular piece of um gear that is worth more than your average piece and uh he's trying to get her to pull him uh, yeah get this guy to come in earlier you get to see her romantic interest tim showing that he's a bit uh, uncomfortable with andor being around so much um that takes us back to the flashback with the kids um really interesting that they went for um like a uh a local language and unsubtitled. It's really cool. Like, I think that um, a, like alien languages have been a part of Star Wars since the first Star Wars movie. Um, in general, they are subtitled, right? You got Greedo, subtitles. Jabba, subtitles. It really kind of I felt it was a bit unfortunate sometimes when um, there were opportunities for aliens to uh, be speaking Hatties or whatever with subtitles and, and when the shows don't take it. Especially like the animated shows don't do that really because it, I guess it's some kids can't read. <laughs> I guess that's it. Um, yeah. And so it was really interesting that they went for like kids, these kids speaking a language that we don't understand and it's not even subtitled. Um that kind of, yeah, but you totally can understand what that, what's going on. I'm assuming it's not subtitled. <laughs> Could be just me and my TV. All right, cool scene next where he goes in and it's in the like scanning department basically that uh, tracks um, flights in and out of the system. Really cool, like the tech there. It just looks like pure Star Wars, and um, you know this um, kind of readout which is made of these like arcing lines and little lights and stuff and um again one of the corporate security guys is just like oh like who cares and Cyril won't let it go um but fantastic scene I love that as well um you just see how <laughs> dedicated this guy is in the most annoying way <laughs> to everyone around him that's fantastic uh, you see again, and or getting um, held up by uh, some guy he knows, being like, "Dude, you owe me money. It's time to pay up." Good, funny little thing where this like large alien is behind him. Lois, <laughs> what? Great, that's fantastic. Um, interesting to see, you know, like Andor, he's the hero of the show, but he's uh, he ain't squeaky clean. Um, he he has a lot of character flaws obviously this it's funny you see kind of the ice shrinking around him in a way like the people um who have lent him money or have helped him out in the past they're starting to close those doors and say come on man i'm sick of this you know uh cool ah yeah bix goes to this um this shop where there's this really cool father-son team. Again, excellent performances. It just really... Like, this is the thing. Okay, of course people online are doing this thing of like... Ah, oh, this is way better than that crap. Kenobi and Book of Boba Fett and stuff. I think it's much better as well, to be honest. But... 
Um, you also don't have to be a dick about it. <laughs> and those shows have tons of stuff. I mean, especially Book of Boba Fett. I think overall it was really good and had th three of the best episodes of Star Wars TV ever in them. So, yeah. But uh, I do have to say, man, that just the performances here are a level above. So we see, and it's just beautifully made where you see uh, Bix go to this like secret communication thing in this tower. It's just so beautifully shot. It's so aesthetically pleasing. I love it. Fantastic. All right, you get to see, again, uh, Cyril bossing around his uh, his minions trying to get a lead on uh, what's up with Cassian. Um, you get this shot of... Obviously, Cassian, Cassian borrows this ship from this guy who works at this, like, um, shipyard of some kind. You see Ochi of Bestoon's ship here. Now, I've seen some people say, like, no, nah, it's like the same type kind of, but it's a bit bigger and bulkier. I don't know, man. It looks exactly like Ochi of Bestoon's ship to me. I think it's probably just um, Lucasfilm reusing um, elements to, um, you know, keep the visual quality as high as possible while keeping it, you know, on budget. So they probably had that ship, you know, in storage and just went, yep, chuck it in. Um it's unlikely there's only one of them in the galaxy. I'm sure there's plenty of them. Um, but it's just cool to see. And who knows? Maybe Ochi of Bastoon is around. But again, you see another person kind of cutting ties with Cassian saying like, I can't lend you this ship anymore, mate. Like, I'm sick of it. But it's just great. Like, it's, it's such a believable glimpse into just like regular working people's lives in the Star Wars galaxy. I just love it. It's fantastic. Um, yeah, and then you see uh, this crew of kids, they're like basically going off on a kid mission, which is to go to the crash site of this ship. Um, they're putting on this kind of like, it's like war paint in a way. And uh, you have this, um, it seems like, again, no subtitles, but to me, I read it as they're all like, no, like Cassian comes up and goes like, is he wants to put on the paint as well and be involved. And one of the kids says like, Nah, man, you're still too young for this. And then uh, the leader of their gang kind of stands up for him. And says, nah, I think he's ready to go. And you see like uh, Cassian's sister kind of being like, don't go you're like or something like that. And uh, my reading of it is Cassian is saying, don't worry, I'll be back. But of course we know things don't necessarily go that way. So, um, yeah. I'm in, man. Love it. All right. Time to watch episode two. Uh, let's go. Episode two. Great also. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, again, I just want to talk about the, um, the, the aesthetics of it. Like... It really, like, I mean, if this was a movie, I wouldn't be complaining. I think it just looks fantastic. This shot. So, like, uh, Cassian and the kids, they're heading off towards that crashed ship. And uh, Cassian um, peels off from the gang for a second to go and look at this gigantic mine. 
or quarry that's been dug in their planet. And it's, it's heartbreaking. You just see that the, de- the environmental devastation that's happened here. Now, what's interesting, like you, we see this in the, the third episode when Marva stumbles upon Cassian in that ship, she um, says that, you know, the, the Republic are on their way. So when you see Cassian as a kid, I do think you're seeing um, this is probably Clone Wars era because uh, she mentions the Republic. Um, but in this episode, um, the, uh, the guy running the transport company, uh, he mentions that it, is a, it was an imperial disaster, mining disaster, that basically made the uh, planet uninhabitable. Um, so, uh, yeah, interesting. I'm not, so I, I'm, I'll be interested to, to, to see if we actually get to see this, uh, mining disaster. Um, I mean, I think we have to assume that Cassian's sister is alive. Um, I guess we'll find out, but visually such an awesome shot of, uh, little Cassian, Framed against that uh, gigantic quarry, fantastic. Now, I mean, remember that how that trailer opened up with the uh, the guy up in the tower with the hammers, beating out a kind of a, a rhythm on this giant kind of. I guess it's a kind of a bell almost. We have that in this episode, and man, that's just full of Star Wars uh, flavor. There's, it's so, um, it, it has that kind of um, wackiness, the goofiness, the ridiculousness that uh, is, a, is a part of Star Wars. And um, I really love that this guy, he seems to take a lot of uh, enjoyment in, what, in this job of his. And uh, he really, uh, it's great. It, and it, it kind of, in a way, pulls this community together. You know that, like, uh, there's this guy ringing in the workday and ringing out the workday for everybody. That, that's really cool. He looks cool. I mean, those shots, yeah, you see the, the city, you know, um, beyond the tower. It just looks incredible. Um, yeah, fantastic. Um, yeah, we get in this episode, we get more of. Um, Bix Colleen, I think is her full name. Her romantic interest, Tim, getting more and more kind of annoyed about a perceived intimacy between her and Andor. We know it's nothing like that. It's just um, a bit of jealous boyfriend stuff going on, which leads to um, him dobbing Cassian into the pigs. <laughs> Now, just an interesting stylistic thing here. So you see him, he, he goes and because um, he sees that she's been um, looking at something on this, um, what would you say, like readout computer screen. And she leaves and he comes and he goes and like pulls up basically what the last thing she was looking at was. Um, and you get this, yeah, this bulletin that the... Uh, what is it? Priox Morlana Security 
people put out. And you actually see, because when he's looking at the screen, it's written in Orabesh, I guess. And then it has a shot of him and it's you see a translation of what he's looking at. Like hanging in the air on the screen. Like it's almost, um, I mean, stylistically, we've never seen anything like that in Star Wars, of course. And um, I don't know, like sometimes I can be a bit of um, a traditionalist when it comes to Star Wars. For example, I kind of felt like just make all the music sound like John Williams. Even if you don't have John Williams, make it sound like John Williams. That's Star Wars. Um, but I have to, I mean, I've, the Mandalorian music was a massive hit. And this, uh, the soundtrack for this kicks ass. It's so, so good. Like it's so tasteful. Um, and it just adds exactly the right atmosphere and flavor to each scene. It's fantastic. Anyway, so this, seeing this, um, this translation of what he's looking at, superimposed, hanging in the air, it's uh, quite a bold choice. I'm not seeing that in Star Wars, but I like it. Uh, we get this really nice moment. I have to say, like, um, his mum, Marva, she looks a bit like my mum, <laughs> which is helping me relate to her a great deal. But, uh, yeah, great. Um, I, she's great. I mean, this this is the act- actress who played um, Harry Potter's aunt in the Harry Potter movies. She's great. Great, great, great. Love the look of the house. Um yeah, fantastic. Um, yep. Uh, the, the, you, we get... Tim's had a few drinks, so he decides to dob Cassian in and we see them setting up... Yeah, getting some information about Cassian so we can see that the uh, the security people, they are on their way to Phoenix or whatever it's called. Um yeah, uh, interesting, like, uh, <laughs> we had, uh, is this the first reference to Kath that we've seen on screen? For those who don't know, um, for some time now, something that we you have to assume is coffee has been referenced in Star Wars books as Kath. I always thought that was a bit, it sucked. <laughs> Um, I was just like, just, do we need coffee in Star Wars? Just don't have it. Um, but if you didn't know, coffee, a coffee-like drink is called caf. And uh, when Bix wakes up at Tim's place, she, you know, is there any caf? <laughs> Whatever. It's canon. I'll deal with it. All right. Um, one of the best scenes in the, se- in the uh, series so far is this one when... Um, what is his name? I'm going to call him Captain Sideburns. This very enthusiastic uh, officer who's um, under Cyril Khan. Um, that conversation, man, when he's just all like... Hang on. I'm going to play a bit. Just so... Dangerous mobile suspect in a very serious crime. This guy. Velocity in the service of inspired leadership. Is there a worthy substitute? I think not. So one suspect. Great. I mean, I just um, yeah. It that whole like conversation, I think, is grade A fantastic stuff. 
And uh, it just goes to show you can, you can, hang on, you can um, have it Star Wars, have it be dialogue, and have it kick ass totally. Fantastic. Um, my mom was next. Yeah, okay, we get this stuff of, you know, they're approaching uh, the kids, back with the kids, back in the flashback. They approach this um, crashed ship. We get Luthan Rails up arrival. And, man, like, I haven't seen a lot of shots of um, starships in the show yet, but they are really well executed, really, like, like big screen cinema quality execution on those. Um, I like the voice inside his ship. That the calmness of it for some reason again gives me Blade Runner vibes. Just great shot of the ship approaching and landing. Um, Luthen coming out. Luthen has the best coat I've ever seen in Star Wars. Amanda, if you're listening, I think I want you to make this for me because it looks super awesome. Um, he cracks out a pair of binocs and takes a look at the city from a distance. Um, yeah, just, I mean, Stellan Skarsgård, he's, he's in Star Wars, he's here, he's doing great work, his ship is cool, his coat is cool, wonderful, very excited. Um, then we get to where, uh... Yeah, so she comes across, you know, some the crash and there's like some corpses and you notice that their their skin is like yellow. But there's also this weird yellow sulfuric kind of steam coming up around the um the ship. So I can't really I, I'm not sure if this is a species with yellow skin or if it's if they've been affected by like is something leaking from the ship and turning them yellow? don't know but you see this kind of shootout there's blow darts it's cool it's a good scene you get to see like these guys who are um in the crash they i think they have the um insignia on their jumpsuits that is the like imperial like uh science core maybe but then i mean but then it should be the they should be Republic, right, for this time period. I don't know. Unfortunately, the uh, the leader of this group dies, which is pretty sad. You get the... Okay, that goes to this awesome conversation where um, Cassian's trying to buy a ticket on some kind of transport out of there on like on the day and they're haggling over price. And this dude who runs the, the transport, he's got this little guy working in there with him. Fantastic... Um, what do you say? Like fantastic voice. He like doesn't speak English. He speaks something else. Basic. It doesn't speak basic. It's this like language. Um, and the makeup job on him is fantastic. Great creature effect. Um, and really funny, fun dialogue between those two. Um, again, it just makes me go like the Grand Inquis- Inquisitor from Kenobi. Like, why did he look so bad? I mean, this is a this character's in the show for like twenty seconds or something, and he it's a, like a top shelf bit of um, prosthetics and stuff for this character. Fantastic! All right, we see um, these this the the corporate security guys their ship flying through hyperspace. It's a super good design. Something that you know I've kind of felt 
Like, okay, so... In the sequel trilogy, there's tons of um, original trilogy designs. Because the First Order, basically, you know, all their designs are basically Imperial designs. And um, I love that because I love those, those designs. But I guess some people were a bit like, mm, would have been good with some new ship, newer ships. There were a bunch of good ship, new ships, but it was, at the end of the day, a lot of X-Wings, TIE Fighters, Star Destroyers, and a Death Star. Um, but we see uh, this corporate ship flying through hyperspace, and it looks awesome. It's really clunky, really ugly, exactly what it should be. Um, and, you know, I've been concerned in a way, like, can start, like, cause, I mean, how do you beat X-Wings and TIE Fighters? Those are icons, iconic shapes. As soon as you see them, you know what you're looking at. A Y-Wing, as soon as you see it, you know what you're looking at. Um, and I've kind of been concerned, like, will future Star Wars that doesn't have X-Wings and TIE Fighters in it, will the ships be up to par? Um, this one looks great. Um, and you see that these drop ships that they are going to use to actually um, approach and land on the on the planet are placed, you know, around the kind of bottom of the ship. It looks really cool. Great scene where uh, Captain Sideburns is delivering the information needed for the um, for this uh, arrest. He's doing a great job of it. He hands over to Cyril Khan, uh, basically... Assuming that Cyril's going to throw down some great inspirational speech to get them uh, started on this mission, <laughs> and Cyril just doesn't know what to do. It's great. It's just like, mmm, so much flavor in it. You know, it's like parmesan cheese. It's like, there's not much there. It's just some cheese. But man, it can transfer, transform a dish. It's uh, fantastic. I loved that sequence. Um, very awkward for Cyril. Great sequence of uh, Luthan Rail on this space bus, basically, and this really annoyed, annoying guy with with the, the moustache. One of these, like, I like talking to strangers on public transport, people. Um, again, just, like, very... The, the humour is very subtle. Um, and I am all for it. Fantastic. All right, so you've got to basically you end this um, episode with uh, Cassian and Luthen heading towards their rendezvous to um, do the uh, yeah the sale of this piece of um, imperial technology. Uh, great stuff, fantastic episode. Can't wait for episode three, which I'm gonna watch right now. Wow. Man, I mean, those the first two episodes, brilliant. They set up things so nicely, and, but really, like, that third episode really just delivers on everything that's set up so well. Man, I, okay, I'm like, it got me again, man. <sighs> that ending, I've got the... The credits playing. When I watched these three um, episodes this morning, 
like I, this probably sounds like a, a way over the top, you know, but when Star Wars has meant this much to me, like for this long, 40 something years, and some new Star Wars hits the mark for me and some doesn't, you know, less so. I would say since since Disney took over, it's been more hits than misses by far. Um, but when I first watched those three episodes, man, I cried at the end of that episode. I mean, it's a beautiful ending to that to those that three episode arc. The soundtrack, I mean, Nicholas Bratel, he's the, that's the composer, the music guy. <sighs> wow, so great, and the way it cuts between. Marva and I guess his adoptive father, like kind of rescuing Cassian from that crashed ship and cutting between that and Luthan Rail, kind of helping Andor escape as well. I, I mean, like I cried at the end of the episode. And then, like, because I had the um, I had the laundry booked here in my apartment building, and um, so I was like, "Well, I have to go out in public." <laughs> I was still crying as I walked outside. I just like, yeah, I mean, Star Wars means the world to me, you know. And when it is something, when I when when I feel like it really like is. When it works for me, then it means a lot. Um, and yeah, it just it got me again. The end of this episode, like man, I I don't know where to. Hang on, where to where to start? Uh, yeah, okay, we'll save the end for the end, I guess. Hey, what an episode! I mean, so many amazing moments. Like, again, I'm kind of faced with the uh, the conundrum, the trailer conundrum. Um, I can't not watch Star Wars trailers, but every time I see, finally see the show or the ep or the the movie, I wish I hadn't seen the trailers. You know, because I would have loved to have seen everything just 100% fresh. But um, yeah. Okay, so highlights from the episode. Um, we get that cool shot that was in one of the trailers of, um, yeah, like these huge ships being dismantled on Phoenix. Is that what the planet's called? Um, it's pretty reminiscent of Fallen Order and the, the beginning of Fallen Order, which is very cool. Um, yeah, ah, these shots of, um, the corporate cops in the landing pods. I just love that stuff. Like, I mean, it's similar to at the beginning of Force Awakens when you've got those, um, first order landing ships and all the stormtroopers are there lining up and the, the lights are flashing on and off. I guess that doesn't make really much logical sense. Like, why would the f lights not be able to handle 
exactly what the ship's designed to do, but it doesn't matter. Like, rule of cool. Um, yeah, and same here. You see the kind of bumping around and lights flashing a bit and stuff as they're coming in through the atmosphere and coming into land. It's so cool. I just, I think it's so amazing that, um, like with these corporate cops, like we haven't even seen the Empire yet. But these guys have been so entertaining, so watchable, so booable as villains. Um, so good. I just, it's going to be exciting, actually, when the Empire finally turns up and you're like, oh, now you're in trouble. But it's cool. I, like, it's really fun to see Marva as a younger woman, um, a bit more of a spring in her step. Um, it's... I think at first I was a little bit like, why does she really feel like she has to drag this kid out of here? Um, but watching it, you know, maybe I thought maybe it would have been good to have her a bit more like, oh, what are we going to do? You know, but she kind of very quickly goes, let's take him. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, um, I, I liked it really a lot on this one. So um, yeah, those. It's funny, I think everyone thought those ships were like uh, slightly modified um, Clone Wars era landing ships, you know, for the clone troopers. But it's not, it's for the corporate cops. Uh, but cool design, love how they land and stuff. It looks really cool. Uh, Luther's coat, again, looking super awesome. So we get this... Um, Oh yeah, this is. I love how like like they they barge into Marva's you know the Andor house and I love how the locals are like, hey, what are you doing, man? Like they don't like it, and you know like in the first episode they're like, oh, they can't on Phoenix they they do things their own way. And I'm like, oh, that's that's and you kind of seeing that like this is a pretty tight community, you know. I love that. Um. What else have we got? Okay, so, well, let's talk about this big uh, set piece. Fantastic dialogue between Luthen and Cassian. Um, they, of course, released that as a uh, preview, basically. Um, like I said, it would have been nice to have seen this in the show rather than... Because, I mean, I watched that conversation like eight times or something so it was a bit like yep i know i've seen all this um but uh really good again like such just crunchy nutritious dialogue there uh great scene where uh bix realizes that tim has ratted uh, cassian out that's really cool um i mean stellan skarsgård he's just kicking goals in this show man he looks cool the voice is amazing the performance is amazing so good interesting um we're seeing you know new blaster designs they work for me man i love a good star wars blaster um this thing with um all the townsfolk starting this thing with like banging on these um tin pots and pans basically to like kind of raise the, uh, to be like, uh, you know, um, there's trouble afoot and to kind of in intimidate the blues. I think they, the, the cops get called the blues at one point. That was super good. I mean, this is the kind of like, 
stuff where you've you've got the meat and potatoes of the show and then they just mm, spice it perfectly with this kind of stuff. I mean that that was not necessary for the plot of the show, but it was it it gave you culture for where you are. Um, it gave you um, like an audio um, spice. Uh, made it interesting to show that these scenes became very interesting um, for your ears. Um, and it's just, it is really intimidating for the cops. Um, yeah. Um, I, I just love how it's so tasty how the corporate um, security guys they're all they're so like certain that this is gonna go their way how could it not and just watch it just unravel thread by thread their whole plan just goes down the toilet it's so fun to watch um i love that i don't think this was in the preview where luthan actually rigs the door with explosives on his way in which helps them get out i mean this whole thing in that like kind of warehouse with the chains and the big bits of machinery hanging from the wall, all just coming like crashing down and stuff. I love it. And I'm like, I'm genuinely interested about how they shot it. I mean, it it looks almost like practical effects because it feels so like everything's got so much weight and there's dust flying everywhere. I guess it's a combination of that and CG. But shit, man, it's so good. Oh, by the way, um, so his name is Sergeant Linus Mosk. That's uh, Captain Sideburns. Um, he actually says shit at one point. Uh, wow, Star Wars, what you doing? <laughs> but uh, it didn't. It's funny because I didn't even notice actually the first time I saw it, and then I saw people commenting on it, and I was like, "I'll oh, pay attention." And he does. He says shit at one point, and uh, I don't think it's completely un-Star Wars-y, um, but it's definitely new. Um, okay, this scene where they grab uh, Bix, it felt a little bit like, um, hey, you look scared. You probably, like, isn't everyone scared? Uh, that felt a little bit um, convenient maybe, but uh, it's fine. And the way that they just, like, they grab her and then this uh, corporate guy ends up whamming her head into the into a wall and she's it just really you know you gotta have your bad guys do stuff that make you like, boo and hiss and they really nailed it there because they're just like don't fucking do that you bastards <laughs> you know and when you get tim's reaction to that it's great and it, it's so tragic in a way you just go like this is the product of a, of some decisions that they probably you know everyone like everyone thought they were doing the right thing. Everyone thinks they're doing the right thing here, and um, you end up with this poor woman Bix having to watch this person she cares about getting gunned down in the street while she's handcuffed to a pipe on a wall. It's uh, yeah, and her performance there is kick ass as well. I love this thing where they all set up, you know, to ambush them and Marva's just like sowing the seeds of doubt. 
she is a bad ass. I wish I had an American accent sometimes so I could say words like badass and jerk properly, but I can't. Yeah. Um, and uh, the, this thing where um, Andor's mate, who you know, one of the workers, where he secretly ties a big hunk of junk onto that uh, that pod. So when that that guy, one of the corporate guys, comes and jumps in there and tries to take off, it just ruins his whole thing and causes it to crash. And that it's so good. Ah, oh, I mean, it's just hit after hit in this episode. Super good. I love this. And there's this thing where like um, uh, Cassian and Luthen get the drop on uh, Cyril Khan. And man, Cassian looks genuinely scary when he's like got his gun pointed at him. Like he, he looks like he's at the end of his uh, patience very much. Uh, it's great. And incredible performance. Like this kind of... Uh, Cyril Khan's uh, like realization that he's in way over his head as it it just grows and grows and the look of just terror and bewilderment on his face just gets more and more intense as the episode goes on and it's wonderful so awesome and I, I love this stuff of them rigging this this speeder with explosives. This classic thing, like they have one explosion that goes off. So all the guys go, all right, I guess that was it. And they go and inspect the wreckage and then the real one goes off. Bam. Amazing. They Cassian and uh, Luthen take off on this speeder bike. You get the classic speeder bike howl. Whoo. Ah, oh, great. There's so little um, like referential stuff, so little fan service in, um, in these episodes. Um, so actually when that, um, when that speeder bike howl pops off, it really kind of stood out because I'm like, oh, there's a classic Star Wars sound effect. Um, but I loved it. And then it just goes into this, um, this sequence and... I don't know why it's incredibly emotional to see Cassian and Luthen on this speeder bike hooning across the wastelands through these like farms and stuff or across these kind of like water paddies and stuff. Um, it's, I guess it's this sense, it's, it's the sense of escape. It's the sense of um, like the, like the good guy got away and he's stepping into like his destiny at this point. And it's intercut with the incredible um, care, caring nature of Marva as she like rescues young Cassian from that wreckage and adopts him. It's fantastic. I wonder if, I wonder if this is the last we'll see of that age of Cassian, because we're going to see more of him when he's younger than he is in the main story. Um, but I wonder if that's the end of him being that young. You get a beautiful shot of Marva, just like a tear rolling down her face. She Maybe she knows that Cassian has gotten away, but she maybe feels like, maybe am I ever going to see my adopted son again? Really sad. Um, just on the, the topic of parents, 
Luther at one point mentions that Cassian's dad was hung in the main street. I'm assuming that's the guy that you see uh, with Marva on the crashed ship. I guess we're going to learn more about that guy and that situation at some point. I hope we do. But yeah, sad, heartbreaking shots of like uh, Marva in um, Cassian's trashed bedroom with B, B2. Ah, so good. Cyril doesn't know what to do. Sergeant uh, Linus Mosk is yelling at him, I got to get out of here, man. You get to see this cool shot of um, Luthen, you know, signaling to his ship to get ready for takeoff and the ship's move into position, the wings move into position. It's great. And yeah, it just... Fantastic. This is... Um, yeah, it's going to be one of those days I remember for a long time, Star Wars-wise. Uh, I hope that you all enjoyed it too. Um, I feel almost kind of bad for everyone else making Star Wars TV at this moment because if I was them and watched this, I would be like, oh, shit, man, the the gauntlet has been thrown down hard uh, because this is top-notch stuff. It's so exciting. I can't believe there are still nine episodes of this season left still. That's great because, you know, most Star Wars TV, um, I mean, it's it's run between six and eight episodes. So um, this is very exciting. Um, so, yeah. Now, I'm going to – I'm not going to do any other segments today. Let's keep it all about Andor. Um, yeah, I'm going to go to bed with a, a heart full of Star Wars joy. So thank you, Tony Gilroy and Diego Luna and everybody involved with the creation of the show. Because, um, yeah, you're doing something amazing for all of us. So thank you for listening. Hope you're great. Hope things are good. Um, we'll be back next week with the next episode. How awesome is that? All right. My name is Tom Sutton, and this is Star Wars fun for everyone, especially all of us. Star Wars.